This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Every Sunday, that's the brief liturgy we say after the scripture lesson is read. Have you ever thought about the gravity of that statement? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. We're acknowledging that the scripture is a primary way that God speaks to us. That when we open up the Bible, we have a chance to hear what God has to say to us. And that's true whether we are in worship together, whether in private devotional time, whether in small group Bible study. In a world of noise, and in a world where we want to hear what God has to say, God speaks through Scripture. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, and transform us, that we might bear fruit for you and your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture readings this morning, as we continue in our Through the Noise sermon series, come from Psalms and from 2 Timothy. First, Psalm 19. Listen for God's word. Heaven is declaring God's glory. The sky is proclaiming his handiwork. One day gushes the news to the next, and one night informs another what needs to be known. Of course, there's no speech, no words. Their voices can't be heard, but their sound extends throughout the world. Their words reach the ends of the earth. God has made a tent in heaven for the sun. The sun is like a groom coming out of his honeymoon suite, like a warrior thrills at running its course. It rises in one end of the sky. Its circuit is complete at the other. Nothing escapes its heat. The Lord's instruction is perfect, reviving one's very being. The Lord's laws are faithful, making naive people wise. The Lord's regulations are right, gladdening the heart. The Lord's commands are pure, giving light to the eyes. Honoring the Lord is correct, lasting forever. The Lord's judgments are true. All of these are righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than tons of pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, even dripping off the honeycomb. No doubt about it, your servant is enlightened by them. There is great reward in keeping them. Then the second reading comes from Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Every scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for showing mistakes, for correcting, and for training character so that the person who belongs to God can be equipped to do everything that is good. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Inspired. That's what 2 Timothy says scripture is. Inspired in Greek is made up of two words, God and breath. Throughout the Bible, the idea of God's breathing or breath is synonymous with the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Hebrew, the word ruach is the word used for God's spirit, and it literally means both wind and breath and spirit. It is God's breath or spirit that gives life to creation. God's Spirit hovers over the primordial chaos, and then God speaks and says, Let there be light. 
what happens when you speak but a little breath escapes, right? It is impossible to speak without breath. Try it. Put your hand in front of your mouth and say a few words. That's a rhetorical. Actually, you can do it. You feel the, the, the tiny puffs of breath on your hand when you speak? I say all this because saying that God speaks through Scripture is to affirm the power and presence of God's Spirit, God's breath, and how we got Scripture and in how we hear God speak through it now. It's only through the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit, God's speaking, and us hearing are always connected. The Bible isn't a tape recording of God's voice. God inspired people in their situatedness to write down words that told God's story. God inspires us in our situatedness to read and interpret them and discern God's nature and God's will and God's purposes from them. That's what we have to understand when we affirm that God speaks to us through Scripture. The result is a gift where we get to know the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 19 speaks of how the heavens and the earth declare the glory of God. One day gushes to the next. The sky proclaims God's handiwork. And then the psalm shifts to Scripture as if to say, heaven and earth declare God's glory, and so does the Bible. The God whose glory and sovereignty is proclaimed by cosmic voices and a symphony of all created things is the God who has also addressed a personal word to humankind, to us, God's image bearers in creation through Scripture. It's so amazing and so important that the psalmist actually includes five different words to describe it. For people then, the Torah, or the first five books of the Bible, was their Bible. It was their Scripture. God's instruction, Torah, is whole. God's laws, aduth, are faithful. God's regulations, pekut, are right. God's commands, mitzvah, are pure. God's judgments, mishpat, are true. In other words, Scripture is whole, faithful, right, pure, true. It's better than gold. It's more desirable than sweet honey. It declares God's glory. It's, it's like God's Facebook profile page where God says, Hey, come closer. This is what I'm like. Come closer. This is what I care about. Listen, come closer. I'm telling you this is my, my plan for the world. Part of the trouble I think we have with hearing God speak through Scripture is our posture toward it. Sometimes we approach hearing God speak through Scripture like a magic eight ball. We have some situation or decision or problem and we say, God, should I buy house A or house B? Should I tell this person how I feel or no? Should I go to this church or that church? Should I have this family over for dinner or this family? Should I go to this school or to that school? Should I take this job or that job? And we listen. Other times we approach hearing God speak through scriptures like an encyclopedia, like a topical index of human problems and specific divine solutions. We have something going on in our life and we expect God to have a precise word in the Bible for us in our specific, precise context. Now, God speaks to us to interpret what we face, but maybe not always to directly address it. Or, sometimes we approach hearing God speak through Scripture like a truth hammer. God, I know I'm right, and I'm going to find where you tell me I'm right so that I can pound it into somebody else because clearly they just don't get it. 
And so we listen for God to speak through Scripture to tell us we're right. And amazingly, you know what? It always seems like God agrees with us. We treat God speaking to us through Scripture like a sledgehammer of truth that really is just to prop up our own self-righteousness. That's not how we hear from God in Scripture. God doesn't speak to us in Scripture so that we'll, we'll bludgeon people. God doesn't speak to us in Scripture so that we'll look things up like it's a reference book. God doesn't speak to us in Scripture so that we'll uh, shake it like a magic eight ball. God speaks to us in Scripture so that we'll hear and do this. Bow down before the cross. So that we'll do this. So that we will wash one another's feet in loving service. So that we'll come to love and trust God more and more and love and serve our neighbor more and more. So we'll come to know and participate in God's saving love and work in the world. When we approach scripture like that, we can count on hearing from God every single time. If we don't hear the main thing God is speaking through scripture, we won't hear anything God is speaking through scripture. God's speaking through scripture is oriented toward salvation and redemption for the world. Psalm 19 puts it like this. Psalm 19 says, Scripture revives our being, gives us wisdom, delights our hearts, shows us the way. 2 Timothy says, It trains us and forms our character so that we're equipped to do what is good. To truly read Scripture is to hear God speak about who God is and what God is like and who we are called to be as God's image bearers. God has spoken a salvific, saving personal word to humanity that enables us to live in harmony with God and with the whole creation. And so when we spend time with the scripture, when we spend time in scripture, we spend time close to the God who speaks through it. Relatedness to scripture is relatedness to God. Proximity to and delight in God's word is proximity to and delight in God. The God who speaks through it. Do we desire Scripture? In Patricia Polacco's The Bee Tree, a group of villagers drop their chores to dash through the countryside, pursuing a honeybee to its tree where all enjoy a taste of honey. Afterward, a grandfather spoons a spoonful of honey onto the cover of a book and gives it to his granddaughter. Taste, he whispers. There's such sweetness inside of a book too, adventure, knowledge, wisdom, but these things do not come easily. You have to pursue them through the pages of a book. Friends, how much more so with the Bible, with Scripture? Is Scripture a source of treasure and delight? Do we treasure and delight getting to hear God speak to us that way? If you're, if you're listening this morning and you're saying to yourself, God, I want to hear you speak to me more. The first question we should be asking ourselves is, am I reading the Bible? Am I spending time in the scriptures? When we draw near to these words, we draw nearer to God. It is where God says, this is what I'm like. This is who I am. This is my dream for the world. And this is my dream for you. When we neglect reading scripture and meditating on it, we're missing out on hearing God speak to us. It's like taking a whole frequency out. I remember one time I was listening to the Beatles in my car 
I can't remember which song, but I do just remember getting incredibly frustrated because I could not hear the background guitar and vocals. It was driving me crazy because it was like half the song was missing. Until I realized that somehow it was only playing on the left car speaker and not the right. And the way that particular song was recorded back then, that meant that I was only hearing a small part of the song. Friends, let's not miss out on God's primary speaking frequency. <laughs> Scripture is where God says, I'm nearer to the brokenhearted, save those who are crushed in spirit. Scripture is where God says, I'm going to rescue you. This is where God says, I'm, I, I care about justice. This is where God says, I'm strong and I love you. This is where God says, nothing can separate you from my love. This is where God says, I want to reconcile all creation to myself. This is where God says, hey, image bearers, join me in creating more beauty in the world. This is where God says, make disciples, love your neighbor, trust in me, and on and on we could go. Here's the thing. Hearing God speak in Scripture takes time. Reading Scripture takes time. We cannot skim Scripture. If this is a way God communicates with us, then we need to grow accustomed to it and spend time in it and digest it. I think about how if you've ever been outside or in a room with bright lights and you walk into a dark room, right, it takes a while for your eyes to become adjusted to the darkness. And after some time passes in that space, you begin to see things clearly. That's what it's like with hearing God speak through Scripture. It takes the ears of our hearts time to adjust to what God is saying to us. We were meant to read Scripture over and over and over again and to prayerfully ponder it over and over again, lingering in the text for a while, digesting it, praying over it, asking questions of it, making connections to other Scripture passages and to our life. Because I don't know about you, but I've had days where I read a Scripture passage in the morning and and I want to hear God speak to me through it. I really don't understand what God is trying to tell me. Only to have something happen later in the day where all of a sudden it's unmistakable. Oh, oh God, that's what you're saying to me through this scripture. So here's what I want to do. I want to try something different to close up, close up the, the, the sermon this morning. I want to talk about one prayerful way of reading scripture that invites us to listen to what God is saying to us through the text. It's an ancient practice called Lectio Divina, and it's a prayerful, slow reading of scripture that occurs in, in three basic movements. And, and I want us to do it together now here as, as you're listening, as you're gathered here, or if you're tuning in online or listening later on. First, I invite you to just get comfortable and, and to relax and to open your ears, your, the ears of your, your heart. Uh, as I read the scripture, I'm going to read it three times and ask three different things each time. Okay? Listen as I read uh, this text for the first time very slowly. Remember, we're not skimming, we're swimming to hear God speak. As I read the passage, I want you to listen for a word or a phrase or an image that, that just attracts you, that captivates you, that seems to stand out. Uh, allow it to rise up from the passage as if God is somehow bringing it to your attention.
Let's listen together. I put all my hope in the Lord. He leaned down to me. He listened to my cry for help. He lifted me out of the pit of death, out of the mud and filth, and set my feet on solid rock. He steadied my legs. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise for our God. Many people will learn of this and be amazed. They will trust the Lord. Still listening and being uh, attentive and being present with the text and with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read it again, and I, and I want you to, to meditate on the text, to ponder it. Hone in on, chew on that, that word or phrase, that image that really grabbed your attention when I was reading last time, and, and prayerfully ask and discern how this word or phrase speaks to your life, why it has connected with you. Um, what, what is it about it that, that's speaking into your uh, life right now? I put all my hope in the Lord. He leaned down to me. He listened to my cry for help. He lifted me out of the pit of death, out of the mud and filth, and set my feet on solid rock. He steadied my legs. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise for our God. Many people will learn of this and be amazed. They will trust the Lord. I'm going to read the passage one final time, and as I do, and in the space that remains after, I want you to responsively return it to God in prayer. Give God thanks for the truth revealed. Ask, what is it that I need to do or consider or relinquish or take on as a result of what God is saying to me through this word or phrase or image that, that stood out. Like if this is what God is saying to me, then what am I going to do about it? What is my response? I put all my hope in the Lord. He leaned down to me. He listened to my cry for help. He lifted me out of the pit of death, out of the mud and filth, and set my feet on solid rock. He steadied my legs. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise for our God. Many people will learn of this and be amazed. They will trust the Lord.
Friends, my prayer for us this morning is that we would hear God speak to us afresh through the noise as we spend time in this wonderful means of revelation where God reveals God's self to us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.